0: Testament reading is Job chapter 23 verses 1 through 9 and 16 and 17. Job answered, Today my complaint is again bitter. My strength is weighed down because of my groaning. Oh that I could know how to find him, come to his dwelling place. I would lay out my case before him, fill my mouth with arguments. Know the words with which he would answer, understand what he would say to me, Would he contend with me through brute force? No, surely he would listen he would surely listen to me there. Those who do the right thing could argue with him. I could escape from my judge forever. Look, I go east. He's not there, west, and don't discover him, north in his activity, and I don't grasp him. He turns south. And I don't see. God has weakened my mind. The Almighty has frightened me. Still, I'm not annihilated by darkness. He has hidden deep darkness from me. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. To God. This is our second week um, in the book of Job. We're going to do a, a four-week sermon series on the book of Job, and just to recap. Last Sunday, we were introduced to Job, and Job uh, is the is in the middle. Of, he does Job doesn't know this, but he's in the middle of a of a debate between God and the adversary. And Job has lost everything he has, and he's now suffering with some sort of illness that causes him to break out into sores. And in the first, in the second chapter of Job, Job takes it all quite well. When his wife comes to him and says, Look, why don't you just curse God and die? Get this over with. Job tells her, Hey, you know, I, I took the good stuff from God. Why, why shouldn't I take the bad? You know, bad, bad stuff happens in life. You got you to just take it. Well, Job has taken it. And Job has had friends who have come and tried to explain to him why he's suffering. And, y'all, if you want a textbook case of what not to say to somebody who's going through a difficult time, start reading, pick up about the third, fourth chapter of Job and start reading for a little while and you'll see. They basically tell Job, this is all your fault. You're suffering because you sinned and God's punishing you for what you've done. And Job is like, look, honest, you know, I I haven't done anything. What you know what I don't know what you think I did, but I didn't do anything. This has all just happened to me. And so we get to chapter 23. And Job has had it. Job wants a hearing with God. And we go back to the um to the beginning chapters where it's set up, where um, the adversary is basically like a prosecuting attorney before God. And Job is wanting to get into that heavenly courtroom and have a hearing before God where he can lay out his evidence of, hey, I hadn't done anything wrong. Why is this happening to me? And God can answer him. And it doesn't happen. He's been looking and looking and looking for God and isn't finding God anywhere. And he's losing patience. Y'all, I think these verses are important because this happens sometimes. If this has not happened to you, you are an extremely fortunate person. If it has happened to you, you understand what Job is saying. And if you haven't had it happen to you, you might want to pay attention because it, it can happen. And it does happen sometimes. We, we feel sometimes we, we can get so down and so caught up in our pain and in our misery, or even just depression. that we, It doesn't have to be physical misery like it is with Job. It can be just our, our emotional state. That we feel like we are praying to God. And, and the way I describe it, because I've been, been there and done this. It feels like my prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling. You know, I'm sending these prayers up to God, and everything just bounces off the ceiling back at me. It's not going anywhere. Saint John of the Cross called it the dark night of the soul. And he said that it was a, a spiritual thing that some of us have to go through. It, it's, a, it's a phase, if you will, an experience that happens sometimes. Sometimes we feel distant from God, and we feel so distant that any of our attempts to reach God don't seem to be doing any good. And that's what's happening here for Job. Job is doing his best to stay the course, to hang in there, and to to trust in God, but it's getting hard and he wants a hearing, he wants an answer. He wants to know that God has has heard his pleas. It's interesting that besides St. John of the Cross, who is an ancient example of the dark night of the soul, it came out after Mother Teresa passed away. Her diaries were released. Mother Teresa spent decades in a dark night of the soul. She spent decades praying to God and feeling like God wasn't hearing her prayers. Now, y'all, I, I am a good Protestant. I, I, I'm not a, a believer in saints, but Mother Teresa was a really amazing woman and did really amazing work and is a wonderful role model. And mother, if Mother Teresa... Felt like her prayers weren't being heard. Suddenly, I was like, "Okay, wait a minute. Maybe I'm not such a bad person <laughs> for for going through these these dark times. If it happened to Mother Teresa, then you know it can happen to anybody." The thing of it, it's not how do I avoid a dark night of the soul. You can't. It it either comes or it doesn't. There, there's no avoiding it. You know, there, there was nothing Job could have done to have avoided being in the fixed season right now. What we can do is decide how we move through it, because it's not a matter. It it, the important thing is not to get stuck. It's not to quit. This this is one of those times of when the going gets tough, the tough get going, and and you gotta you you. What we're called to do is to persevere. And I don't if um, if you read the Bible regularly, go for it. I don't necessarily recommend that you read the next 14 chapters of Job if you haven't read the Bible much. It's a lot to take in. But you will see Job over and over and over again wrestling. Job doesn't quit. He keeps asking for God. He keeps asking for hearing. He keeps asking for an opportunity to plead his case. He keeps asking to find out why is this happening. And we'll get to that next week, the resolution. But there's a lot of time that Job spends, and we don't really know because it's a biblical story. It's a long biblical book, but we don't really know how long this whole thing went on for Job. Some people, you know, I've seen some folks who, who have terrible, horrible things happen to them and they move through it pretty quickly and come out on the other side and they're okay. And then I see other people who slog through years and years and years of stuff happening. And what we don't always realize in that dark night of the soul is that the thing that is enabling us to keep slogging through it is the very hand of God that we can't feel. God is still present even... Where Job doesn't feel God's presence. God knows what Job is going through. God is right there. And we will see, God will in fact give Job an answer. But you got to keep slogging through. So I've got two words for you this morning. If you're in a dark night of the soul, Keep going. Keep moving. Keep the faith. Keep sending those prayers up even though they don't seem to get any further than the top of your head. Keep on praying because you're going to come through it. If you're not in a dark night of the soul and have never been or have never been in a dark night of the soul, be an encouragement. Notice the people around you that are struggling and give them a hug. Give them a helping hand. Give them a smile. You never know what kind of impact that's going to have. A lot of my clergy colleagues, because it's Pastor Appreciation Month, have been posting um, tributes to pastors who influenced them as pastors. And I thought about doing that because I've got my own list. The problem is that all of my folks are over in Alabama. (laughs) Nobody's over here. Um, Because I got here as a fully formed pastor. So I just haven't... There are people who I am close to but I don't really have a mentor in Mississippi. But those folks, you know, one of the great gifts of Facebook was being able to tell one of those pastors who helped me get ordained, had it not been for her, I would have had to have waited at least one more year and maybe longer in order to get ordained. She intervened because, uh, y'all may laugh at this, the, I had to turn in a, a sermon of me preaching I didn't have a student appointment. It was my first sermon. was what I turned in for ordination. The men in the room were not impressed. <laughs> they were thoroughly, thoroughly unimpressed. And Lynn, thankfully, looked at me. She said, how, how long have you been preaching? How many sermons have you done? I said, that's it. She said, okay. She turned around to the men in the room and said, think back to your first sermon. How good was it really? She said, and she made the argument that what I needed was to get ordained, to get into a church, and to preach on a weekly basis. And I I don't make claim to be any kind of great or wonderful preacher, but I can tell you that I have made great strides of improvement in 20 years from that very first sermon. But that woman was an encourager to me in what was a very scary situation. Because they were fully prepared not to ordain me. Um, And that woman was the light of Christ. And so I invite you to be someone else's light. If you need light, reach out. If you've got light to share, get it. Help others to move through what what they're going through. Be the hands and feet of Christ to someone in their dark night. Amen.